0: Grace, peace, and mercy be to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our meditation for Monday Thursday comes from our epistle reading from Hebrews. Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. This is our text. The Old Testament is bloody. Normally, when we think of the bloodiness of the Old Testament, we think of the battles, the wars, the murders, and the killings. And while it is certainly bloody that way, the real bloodiness of the Old Testament was found in its worship. Think of all the bloody sacrifices that happened in the temple. You had the burnt offerings at the altar. You had the peace offering, the sin offering. Each of these offerings required the priest to throw blood on the altar. Our English text softens the amount of blood used. The word is usually translated as something like sprinkled. This word in Greek and Hebrew is more like poured out or splashed. God is not stingy with the blood. Worship in the temple was a bloody affair. Day in and day out, the priests sacrificing bulls and goats. Year after year, blood poured out onto the Ark of the Covenant and the Holy of Holies. The author of Hebrews describes it this way. Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood. You can imagine entering into the temple, and as you would enter in, you'd get an aromatic whiff of incense. But that whiff of incense would then give way to the smell of blood. You would enter in, and the smell of blood would be so overwhelming that you would probably taste the iron in your mouth. I get uneasy thinking about it. I'm not really good around blood, so I would have made a terrible Levitical priest. But there was a problem with the Old Covenant. There was a fault in the Old Covenant, a fault that shot through the entire Old Covenant. This covenant was administered by a priesthood, a priesthood subject to sin and death, a priesthood that needed to sacrifice not only for the sins of the people, but also for their own sins. And when they made their sacrifices, were their sins permanently forgiven? No, no, they were not. They did continuously offer sacrifices day in and day out, year by year, for over a thousand years. And was it even within the power of these sacrifices to offer the forgiveness of sins? No, they could not. David sings in Psalm 40, In sacrifice and offering you have not delighted, but ye have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. And in Psalm 51, David sings, For you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. This is within the very context of the worship in the temple. The priests sung psalms that denied that the sacrifices of the Old Testament forgave sins, even as they were slaughtering the animals. The sacrifices were not the source of the forgiveness of sins. I mean, how could the blood of an animal atone for our evil? We must remember that the people of the Old Covenant looked forward to a better sacrifice a better blood, because without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. The wages of sin is death. Blood must be spilled as a consequence for sin. A life must be taken. The blood of beasts and goats could not satisfy that price. No amount of blood spilled on Jewish altars ever could. The fact that death reigned in the Old Testament points to this. And our own impending death points to this. Our death, our blood, is the price for our sins. Thanks be to God, we do not have to pay that price. We have a better blood. Christ's better blood spilled for us. His flesh and blood won for us eternal life. And now we do not have skin in the game. Jesus is the one with skin in the game. He won for us eternal life on the cross, where he shed his blood for you and for me, because without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Worship is bloody. During the first Passover, the Israelites poured out blood on their doorposts to mark them as members of God's people. The use of wood and blood here is not an accident. The blood splashed on the doorpost during that first Passover. Point says to the Lamb of God's blood spilt upon the wood of the cross. His bloody beaten body rub, rubbing up against the splintery wood. The countless sacrifices of bulls and goats, the countless gallons of blood being spilled and splashed upon the wood of the altar and on the Ark of the Covenant. Point as to Christ's blood splashed upon the wood of the cross. The power of the gospel, the power of the forgiveness of sins in both the Old Testament and the New Testament lies in the power of Christ's blood shed on the cross. This blood and this blood alone gives to us the completed total remission of all of our sins. This blood makes satisfaction for the sins of the whole world. And is God stingy with his blood? Is God stingy with his grace? By no means. Worship is bloody. Tonight, God splashes his blood on you, lavishly, generously. He wants you to lather it up. He wants you to splash it on others. He wants to share with you the treasures of his blood that is worth more than all of the gold and silver in the world. The Old Testament sacrifices could not do this. The Old Testament had an imperfect priesthood. We, in the New Testament, have a perfect high priest. The Old Testament sacrifices were performed repeatedly and continuously. The sacrifice of the New Testament was once and for all, both past, present, and future. The Old Testament priesthood was subject to death. The high priest of the New Testament is immortal. He will never die again. Christ's blood is the better blood. And this blood is given to you today because without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Tonight we commemorate Christ's institution of the New Testament in the sacrament of the altar. In the sacrament, Christ gives to you his true body and true blood mysteriously present in with and under the bread and the wine. And as you drink his blood, remember the purpose. That he shed his blood for you, for the forgiveness of sins. Remember, he shed his blood for you so that you would have a clean slate before our heavenly father. That no stain of sin is so stubborn that Christ's blood cannot remove it. His blood comes to purify our minds, to renew our souls. That we may be given a clean conscience to serve God. That we are no longer motivated by guilt. But by we are now motivated by the gift of God's cleansing blood, as we pray in Psalm fifty-one in the Offertory. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from Your presence, and take not Your holy spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of Your salvation, and uphold me with a willing spirit. And wait, there's more. Not only does God, God's blood clean you from all of your sin, this blood also gives to you Christ's eternal life. Christ invites you today to drink of the very life found in his blood. He invites you today to get bloody, to be generously showered with his blood. He opens the floodgate of forgiveness to all who believe today. He invites you to receive his body and blood so that you would receive the forgiveness of sins and be enjoyed to Christ's own body and blood, his immortal life forever. Because without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. The sad fact is, is that modern Christianity has bled the gospel dry of its power. The forgiveness of sins is at best an afterthought. Monday, Thursday reminds us that the gospel's power is bloody. The gospel is soaked in blood. The gospel is drenched in blood. The gospel drips in blood. A bloody savior sheds his blood for dirty, rotten sinners. Christ didn't shed his blood so that we would be better than other people. Christ didn't die to be a starting point, and somehow then we have to complete his mission. Christ didn't sacrifice himself to be a self-help guru. He did, not send, he did not send us out into the world to do the dead works of the law. Christ's purpose for coming into, world, into the world was to bring the forgiveness of sins through the shedding of his blood. Tomorrow on Good Friday, Christ yells from the cross, It is finished. There is nothing we can add, nothing we can contribute, nothing in our power, that makes Christ's blood more effective or powerful. His blood is the only source of sanctification. His blood is the all sufficient power for the ministry of St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School because without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Throughout history, the church relies on the strength of Christ's blood. Through persecutions and martyrdom, the church is strengthened by the witness of those who shed their blood for the faith. Because we are Christ's body, these martyrs are not only shedding their own blood, they are shedding the blood of Christ. We must be reminded whose skin is in the game, and it is our Lord's whose skin is in the game. Those who die for the faith participate in Christ's victory over sin and death. As we are baptized into Christ's death by his blood, we are baptized into his immortal and indestructible life, and nothing can separate us from the promises found in Christ's blood. Christ shedding his blood for us points us to the fact that we will suffer for the sake of the gospel. Suffering is a guaranteed reality for the Christian. There's no getting around it. In these times of distress, Christ draws us to himself, calling on us to trust in the power of his blood. And by the power of his blood, Christ has taken our own sufferings and death into his own body and has given to us his divine life and power. The power of Christ's blood is found in its power to offer the forgiveness of sins in life. Christ's blood is the only means through which the world is reconciled to the Father. There's no other way because without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. By the power of Christ's blood, our sufferings are redeemed. Christ's blood changes us. As Christ's body in the world, his blood sanctifies us, sinners, to serve our neighbor. Christ's blood sanctifies us, sinners, to be his royal priesthood. Christ's blood sanctifies our hearts and minds so that we can call upon him in every trouble and need, that every thought of ours is captured by Jesus. And tonight, our Lord invites you to drink of his very blood to strengthen your faith and bring to you the complete and total forgiveness of all of your sins. As you drink his blood, you partake, you partake in his grace, his immortal life and receive the complete and total forgiveness of all of your sins. If you could fathom the depth of what this sacrament does for you, you'd be rushing up right here and right now during this sermon to receive this gift now. You'd be clamoring and demanding to receive Christ's blood on your lips, mysteriously present in the wine. In real in reality, you know, when you really think about it, the worship of the New Testament is bloodier than the Old Testament. The blood of the Old Testament only hit on the flesh. It was an external blood. The blood of bulls and goats is limited. Christ's blood is unlimited. Tonight, Christ's blood is lavishly poured out into our hearts, our minds, our consciences, lifting our minds to think of Christ and his work for us and to bring to us the forgiveness of all of our sins. Tonight, the whole church is flooded with Christ's blood. Tonight, you are coated head to toe with his blood. Tonight, Christ, our great high priest, intercedes for you before our heavenly Father to bring you forgiveness. Tonight, remember, you are marked as God's own child through the power of Jesus' blood. Because with Christ's blood, there is an abundant forgiveness of sins. Amen.